Hello and welcome to a ultra edition of the Bikes for Death podcast. My name is Patrick and I'm your host. And this is the show that focuses on ultra bike packing, ultra adventures, and ultra cool people. My guest today, you may have guessed, is Ultra Romance. You know who he is, but how well do you know Mr. Romance? That's the real question. Before he showed up to the Bikepacking Summit, there was chitter-chatter fluttering through all the participants. And a lot of talk of the fact that he was going to be there. A lot of fanboys. You know who you are. Uh, people want to take pictures with him, get his autograph, probably get his name tattooed on their ass. Uh, you name it, it was going down. But nobody really had a really uh, good sense of like what he was like as a person, you know? Um, and so it was really interesting to be able to sit down with the man, the myth and the legend and talk to him for a little bit. Turns out he's very much like you would maybe expect him to be. Uh, I quite enjoyed our conversation. He's a lot of fun, great storyteller, uh, just a lot of fun to be around. He's a very charismatic and, and entertaining gentleman. And we had a lot of fun chatting. So I'll let Ron take it away. Uh, he certainly does a very good job of representing himself very well. So I'll let him do that. Uh, on another note, I'd like to just uh, extend everybody a happy holidays. It's a crazy time of year. We just had Thanksgiving followed by Black Friday. Then we had like site. No, then we had small business Saturday. Then you got Cyber Monday and Giving Tuesday. Man, that's a lot. I didn't even know there was a Giving Tuesday. I'm like late to the party on that, but I found out about it yesterday and I got to thinking, I'm like, even though today isn't Giving Tuesday, maybe y'all could cut me some slack and uh, make it Giving Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, whenever actually. But uh, if you would, take a moment to consider donating to the Bikes or Death podcast. It is produced 100% by me without any help from advertisers or sponsors. You're getting it straight from me to you, from my guest to you, just our conversations. And uh, it takes a lot of time, honestly. It takes a lot of time, a decent chunk of money to produce this thing. So anything that you can do helps. So consider giving to the podcast that makes your week wonderful or whatever. The easiest thing you do is just go to my website. It's bikesordeath.com. And there's lots of ways you can sign up to be a Patreon. You can donate via PayPal. You can sign up for our uh, van drive where there's a raffle going on. You can buy some sweet merch. I've got new stickers, shirts coming, all kinds of fun stuff. So if you would, it really does mean a lot. I try very hard to put out a good show and bring you awesome and sometimes ultra awesome guest. And when you show your appreciation through financial means, it makes all the difference in the world and it makes me feel like I'm doing a good thing and people like it and they want it and they want more of it. So thank you. Thank you for everybody who does uh, and has so far. Let's keep it going. We're almost to the end of the year. <sighs> it's crazy. Speaking of end of the year, uh, this is gonna be my last podcast that I'm gonna release um, this year. 
I'm gonna, I have some more in the pipeline that I'm gonna be rolling out first thing come January. But you know, we all gotta take a little break, uh, uh, a break every once in a while. So uh, I'm gonna just take a little bit of time off. Uh, Carrie and I are headed to Big Bend uh, here, whoa, in like three days or something. I should probably get ready. Uh, and yeah, just gonna enjoy some time with the family and, and all that fun stuff. So hope everyone is doing well. I hope you enjoy this episode. I enjoyed the shit out of it. It was so much fun to sit down with Ultra Romance. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Romance, for coming on. Now, let's get to the show. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars. Including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. Or death. Bikes. Or death. Podcast. This is usually an easy question for most people, but what is your name? Uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo Romance Jr. the third is is what my mother gave me, and so you know you got a name like that, you're gonna make up a lot of other ones <laughs> uh, to avoid getting made fun of, or because it's fun to make up other names. <laughs> uh, you know, it, uh, throughout my life, I suppose it's just been a thing that I've always it's kind of been fluid. You're never really happy with your name that you get because you didn't choose it, you know. Mm-hmm. I just happen to choose a new name every few years, and it's just been something I've done since <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> For real? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. What? All right. So, your what was your eight-year-old name? Eight-year-old name was Boltar. Boltar. Yeah, because I had. I should say this actually came a little bit later, maybe twelve. Okay. That was the first time I started changing my name regularly. Okay. And that still was, a kid. I was still a kid, and there's a uh, English. Um, kind of a death metal band called bolt thrower if you if you've ever heard of they're very good uh and i we had a college radio station in my town that played metal every every saturday and i just so happened to start tuning into that radio station and they played this song that just blew my face off and, uh, <laughs> as a 12 year old <laughs> and I don't know how I started tuning uh, tuning into this station I think I was just intrigued by like the cookie monster voices that came out of the you know the huh. you yeah know, and, and so I start tuning into this station more trying to decipher what they're actually the ex- saying just a fascination <laughs> as a kid yeah and we just so happened to grow up in a place that had a lot of the culture was wrapped in metal and hardcore and stuff we just had a big scene where i where i grew up and so yeah they said no that was bolt thrower with such and such with 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 like brain grinder or something <laughs> you know put your brain in a blender then take a dump on it that was uh, the name of the song maybe oh wow <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's a song that gets to the point <laughs> i wonder no, what no, this one's about no beating around the bush there no uh so yeah they uh uh yeah he said I misinterpreted bolt thrower for boltar and just started calling my bike that. And then I started uh, calling myself that. Then you assumed then your bike's identity all through high school. That's how I, the t- teachers, it's all boltar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to write it on the paper. So you've always been a little bit of a character. 
Yeah, yeah, if that's a character, yeah. Or yeah. I mean, you are yourself, but yeah. uh, if you're, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> let's say the teacher might say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the teacher said we have this bridge, this, the Q bridge, which is a, this bridge that was. It's, it, you wouldn't get the reference unless you were from the New Haven, Connecticut area. But the Q bridge for like 30 years was about to essentially fall into New Haven Harbor, and they just kept on letting cars go over it. So oh, anyway, you reference the Q bridge, that means like a really shitty bridge. <laughs> but yeah, that, that the doctor would say that I'll Baltar is going to get to New Haven, but he might not take the Q bridge. And I always took a lot of pride in that because I would, of course, I wouldn't take the Q bridge. That thing's a piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, well, th- that's actually really good. So you're like one person that I don't have to worry about offending if I get your name wrong. No. Because yeah, at one point whatever, in time, yeah, you whatever. were probably that name. <laughs> <laughs> whatever comes to mind, just call me it. I'll, I'll probably say, hi, how are you doing? All right. Perfect. All right. So let's say that uh, Ronaldo is in a, uh, let's say you're at a fine, a, 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 a party, mm-hmm. uh, a black tie affair. Very sophisticated. Oh, yeah. Every weekend. Yeah. And a gentleman comes up to you and he doesn't know you. And he says, uh, what, do, what do you do? That's a great question. Cause I, you know, I, I've been asked that a few times that not that this is, th- of course, this is where we are as a black, t- black tie affair. Wow. Uh, yeah. But I've been asked a few <laughs> times this weekend and I really don't, I don't have a great answer for that. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, yeah, most people probably know me from Instagram or wherever. And, yeah. But I hate that idea of being like a social influencer because I'd like to think that I'm more than that. And so... You know, what do you I, think I, that I think, you are? I, mean. I think I'm a product designer, a, a, a designer more than anything. And whether that's products, I shouldn't say just pigeonhole myself into products, but I feel that I'm a, a life designer in some ways also, whereas everything that I interact with, I feel the need to do some sort of design to make it a little bit better. Hmm. I mean, so like, would you say that like you want to uh, show people like an example, like through your lifestyle, through the way that you're, you know, whether it's riding your bike and the adventures that you share through your pictures Mm -hmm. and the stories that are associated with them? I mean, is that, is that, I mean, you're not being an influencer, you're being a, inspiration like showing people maybe i don't know you tell me yeah yeah i i I, and it's i'm in in a a good position because of my uh social equity that's a term (laughs) right (laughs) to it is now yeah uh to um advertise for myself and be my own self-promotion and uh i've been a lifelong cyclist and it's always been my passion. Um, and I, I, I don't look at cycling as a necessarily a sport, but certainly a lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, there's a difference between the two from people who just view it as a sport that they do on the weekends or like a spin class yeah. or whatever. That's a great distinction. But yeah, it, and so yeah, that's uh, I just it's a a lifestyle, but it's not. There's so like there's so many different ways to ride a bike. There's so many ways to live life, of course. Yeah. And uh, so the using the bicycle as the uh, you know, as the epicenter of whatever, everything that I do, I branch out in a lot of different directions and am able to do a lot off of the bicycle with using the bicycle as like the common, as like the connecting thread to everything as the through line. I I like what you called your bicycle the other day. Uh, I, I, I might, I might misquote you, but it was, uh, it's a vehicle to transport my camera where I want to (laughs) go. Someone along those lines. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 
Yeah. It's a, a vehicle for so much, right? You know, when you're in a city, of course, you're getting groceries and just experiencing things at a, a human pace, at a pace that's, you know, when you're in a car or, or a train or, you know, trains are great. I won't say anything bad about trains. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a different you're experience. Blowing, you're blowing through yeah. life, whereas on a bicycle, it's still a natural. It's a, the bicycle, yeah, I look at it as a, a um, you know, we're cyborgs on the bike, you know, it's, it enhances everything that we can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you put in the same amount of effort as you would to ride, you know, 15 miles as you would to walk one mile. Right. And so it's, uh, you're just able to, it's the freedom of mobility yeah. that, that, um, I think you take for granted as a kid. And being and as connected you, in the environment that you're in, you know, yeah, like being yeah. like having that real experience. Right, uh, right, yeah. right. And, and, and through that and through that freedom is art and expression. And, uh, um, so yeah. So in some ways I, I will sometimes jokingly refer to myself as a, as a, uh, an, uh, a, a performance art installation. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm assuming you come by quite naturally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I, what do you remember what you said at the beginning of your presentation here at the bikepacking summit? Uh, you're like, I'm, I'm Ronnie. I'm a designer. Uh, oh, yeah. what, what was that? It was pretty, pretty eloquent. <laughs> yeah, that was, I guess that was one of the, one of the times I got asked what I do. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I, yeah, I think I just, I called myself a, a designer and bicycle lifestylist. Yeah. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, no, yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, because, uh, I mean, most people listening probably know you through Instagram, you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and so I, I never like, you might be influencing people, but I never like this dude is obviously like an influencer. Like, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Like there's a big difference between, you know, the chick with her ass hanging out the back of a, a, a van with the, you know, I mean, yeah, everybody. Dude, yeah. No, which I do too, you know, which I, I do like to, I do like to show off a little bit, you know, I like to, I like to reveal my body in certain ways, you know, I like to feel cute. <laughs> you so. do it so well. <laughs> That's a real sex appeal of, uh, of ultra romance. Yeah. That's true. I mean, yeah, but yeah, you're kind of like the picture of this, uh, lifestyle. Like you're the image that right. people could like relate. Uh-huh to and yeah and I, I think there's something to that whereas we're uh we're a, a society that that goes in that you know especially in urban areas we go inside to recreate you know we or yeah. if you want to call um going to the gym recreating or whatever and, and you know we we drive to the gym after work yeah ride a stationary bicycle and you go home and watch tv and, and then TV do it the and, next and, day and i wonder if people if they're if 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 the, who you know the people who do that which is i mean the majority you know do they think does does that even is that a notion that even crosses their mind do they have time to even think about that yeah. are their lives so busy doing what uh you know dealing with societal expectations that they can't even take the time to take a deep breath and meditate on that and be like what is my life what what is, you know, where am i right now unfortunately like, that, that's where we live in america <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. we're surrounded by it and you get a really uh great perspective of that when you are on a bike yeah like it's when you're riding your bike through a city and you see everybody going zoom, 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 mm-hmm. zoom, zoom, and click, 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 click. And you're just like, Oh man, they're all like moving at this different speed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, we're all taught and, and, you know, especially in our generation where, you know, you grad, you go to, you're, you know, you're taught, you go to college and you get out of college, you get the job and you, you do the whole thing. You over do the and, thing. Yeah. And, um, uh, and we, we realized that 
that's not really how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people are uh, in general, you know, we're only 21 years old, of course. But um, I'm 23. Yeah, 23. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it shows. Yeah. <laughs> it shows. Thank you. I just started growing facial hair. <laughs> just sprouting up myself. Uh, but, you know, uh, and we have this huge technological influx that's making our making jobs that, you know, we may have had just a, a generation ago obsolete, yeah. you yeah. know? And so it's a really weird, it's really strange time to be alive. And, uh, um, we have options now and, 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 you know, the, with the information age comes, you know, terrible, terrible, um, wealth disparity and disparity in general, you know, but also, yeah, it brings a sick society in a lot of ways that, you know, is is arguably we've overdone it quite a bit, but it also brings, uh, if used properly, this freedom that we wouldn't have had ordinarily as if, as in my case, I'm able to work remotely from anywhere I want to be. Yeah. Um, and I don't, uh, and I, I'm able to make a living off of doing what I want to do yeah. without having, you know, no middle person. It's just me. Yeah. And I'm able to reach my audience directly, directly. you yeah. know, uninfluenced, unencumbered. Yeah. Like, and that, and, and so it just kind of takes out all this, all this bullshit that, yeah. you know, that the, that was uh, present in, in previous, like, you know, it's, it's a really, um, um, you know, if used properly, it's a really amazing time to utilize these things. Well, I'm glad. I mean, that's one thing that I say, cause I am not personally like real big on social media and it's something I kind of struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of, where I landed on it was like, if I'm going to have your attention, because there's so many places right now that are, are begging for your attention. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and a lot of it is really negative. Oh man. Um, so like, if I'm going to have your attention, I'm going to do something good with it. I'm going to put something good there. So like, I feel like what I, I'm trying to do and what you are probably doing mm-hmm. is like just trying to put something good yeah. in there. Cause if you're going to be on Instagram, if you're going to oh, be so, so much crap out there, yeah. I mean, there's so much, I don't want to be judgmental, but it's fucking garbage. Like, no, like it's we are inundated with garbage. Worthless. Like, like our, like everything that we do is arguably worthless at this point because we've reached this point. We're just jacking off. Like that's 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 what that's what America's doing right now. Yeah, we're just fucking and, jacking and, off. And so it's like, it's 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 uh, frustrating. It's frustrating, but you know, to to have you know, it's uh, of course you can only you do the best you can, and you know, and if you're gonna have an an audience, and you know, I've I. I love that I've been able to connect with so many people that are into the same nerdy stuff mm, that yeah. I would be in with the bike community. It's so it's, it's become like a community building exercise mm. and you become to really, um, even though you've never met these people in real life, it's, uh, you know, it, it, I think that probably makes some people's skin crawl, but that you could do it properly. And I really feel like, I'm able to meet, I meet a lot of people in real life that, you know, I've yeah. met on the internet or that, you know, just come up to me and say, Hey, and it's really cool. Yeah. You know, it's genuine because I, I feel like perhaps maybe it's what I'm putting out there. Like I'm putting out, I'm, I'm not faking, you know, I'm, right. this is my genuine self. And yeah, like yeah. What I put out there is me. And then people reciprocate and we end up having, you know, worthwhile conversations and you're, it's like yeah. really cool. And that wouldn't, you know, that you, you, I would never have met those people in small town Clinton, Connecticut, no. you know, in the fifties, <laughs> like growing up, like yeah. my parents did or whatever, you know, and all of a sudden, wow, look at all these people who yeah. like metal and bikes and, <laughs> and 
at cool. least bikes. Yeah, at least bikes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is it is really interesting, and it's something I'm really purposeful about is just being me. Mm-hmm. I mean, through the podcast, through social media, is just. I mean, what's the point of faking it? Like, how does that benefit anybody yeah, on any, yeah. especially me? So that now I go and meet somebody. Now I have to pretend to be that person, whatever the fuck, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, but Miles and I were actually talking about this because it's like, I mean, I like Miles is exactly what I expected him to be. Like, you're very much what I expected you to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like you kind of get a feel whenever people are putting, uh, you know, just genuine stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, you get a feel for them. Um, all right. So why why originally did you get on instagram i got on instagram um i want to say seven or eight years ago so it was pretty new still it was still only on like iphones and i had a friend who uh i didn't have i i uh one of the ways that i was able to kind of not work too much in the beginning was i just (laughs) didn't spend much money so Mm -hmm. it was a, a very tight budget where i was eating beans and essentially like foraging dandelion greens. And that was like that was my <laughs> oh, my. chocolate bar. I definitely always had a nice chocolate bar every day. But, um, so I, uh, I would, always, I would get like hand me down phone. I didn't have a cell plan or anything. Uh-huh. And so, uh, I got a hand me down iPhone and, um, and all of my friends were, I had friends that had, had some money. So they had the early adapters to the iPhones and everything. And, and so, uh, they, they, um, would say like, have you seen Instagram? Dude, it's the only reason to have an iPhone, mm-hmm. you know? And you're like, what is this? <laughs> and so I remember getting on it and like looking through and I like, I had always, I've always taken uh, photos of my friends riding bikes and I had in college, I went to college in Durango, Colorado. Okay. And so from the East coast, that was like, as oh. before the information age, that was huge. Like yeah. you were like, what is this? Yeah, I've like never even seen this before. Just yeah. like, oh my God. And I was like, I got to show my friends. They're going to be so jealous. <laughs> and, uh, and so <laughs> it was just you flexing to your flexing friends. to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would just take these photos and put them up on a website and I, uh, and you could just scroll through them and I would say like s- stupid captions and stuff. So it was essentially was Instagram. Yeah. You know? And so I, I went into it with some practice and I remember seeing what Instagram was and really liking the interface, mm-hmm. uh, because I, what I liked, you know, what I do on my free internet time is I look at photos of bikes. I sexualize bikes, yeah. you know, essentially. <laughs> Bike porn is real. Bike porn is real, yeah. really real. Yeah, you know, we could be at, at our point in history to be a white guy, you know, a straight white guy. Well, I don't know what you'd call this if you're into inanimate objects, but, you know, this is probably the best we can do. Like, this is the least offensive we could possibly be. Yeah. Sexualizing bicycles. Well, and we are developing real relationships with inanimate yes, objects. We real are long lasting relationships. Yeah. There's, yeah, I mean, there's bikes healthy. that you will not. I mean, my, you know, my, my Felina goes back to my dad who passed away of cancer and like, it's a positive thing, you know, it brings me, you know, it's like they're, I, it's weird. It's I know what you're saying. It's weird experience you've shared with your father. <laughs> <laughs> hey dad, I like to ride you around sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's really cool so anyway that's I, there's that's a better like. story but yeah, i'll leave yeah, it at leave that, that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i love looking at photos of bicycles i love bicycle the build of a bicycle as an art form and oh, I, yeah. I say that and without uh, any irony like bicycle build you know the the build of a bicycle the the livery of a bicycle how you outfit that thing mm-hmm. you know that is art 
and yeah. and, and the it's, individuality uh, it's, of it like it's functional art it's beautiful yeah. yeah yeah and you and there's so many ways that you can do it and and working with bicycles is so damn fun because it's you know it's engineering you know one what are they what's an early college course I never went to college. Uh, You're the only one out of us that have been to college. Remember, yeah. Math 101? 101. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> That's a quick learning I got yeah, on the yeah, streets. Yeah, yeah. It's engineering for idiots. <laughs> That's what bicycles are. You know, you could see it work in front of you yeah. and, and you could use it right yeah. away. And, um, and there's tons of, you know, community bike shops with awesome parts bins all over the country and eBay's around and that's yeah. all, you know, you just look at, I don't know, that's what, so that's my free internet time. So looking, so just, you know, like, uh, following those types of people on Instagram in the beginning where mm-hmm. it was, my whole feed was just, you know, if you posted a picture of your kid, you're off. Dude, you know, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to see a picture of my kid on I've mine. Lightened so. up. I've lightened up quite yeah. a bit. My, okay. <laughs> my old I so I yeah, my whole feed would just be bike builds. And then you, then you start like, uh, uh, under, so I would, whenever I would be in in an internet range, I would just get on Instagram and want to see the new bike builds, you know, and I'd start, uh, I'd start appreciating certain people's aesthetics and, Mm. you know, we would start messaging and talking about the little, you know, the aspects of their build, what made it special and where, where they came up with that idea and where they found that specific part and that real deep deep yeah. dark web stuff <laughs> but i mean um, you you're you were like just geeking out with other just bike geeking nerds. out with other bike like, nerds that was me in the beginning and, yeah. I, and i of course i would i would see what other people would put up and i'd be like well i could yeah i've got that i could do this you know and i remember thinking like it was started off so this is actually <laughs> so in addition to that my friend patrick who's ultra tradition who's now my uh partner in ultra right. dynamico yep. the tire corporation uh we uh um we had like a, it was like a contest for us in the beginning to see who can get like more followers <laughs> or more likes or whatever. And so we would go out for a ride and like, or just like wherever we, cause he was living in a different place. I think we had just moved apart from one another for the first time in like, you know, eight years or so. Okay. And so we, uh, we just started like trying to brag, yeah, flex harder, like uh-huh. who could live better essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so where were y'all both at at that time? Well, would, no, a better question is where is he at now? He's at Port. He's in Portland, Oregon. No. What, what is his, uh, Instagram oh, number? He, I crushed him. It was so <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> <was> so good. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, I don't think he would even acknowledge that this was even real at this point. He got I crushed so hard <laughs> that, that, yeah his it was uh my goodness yeah. don't ever go Shut into out. battle Double with, KO. with yeah. ronnie <laughs> in an instagram challenge you're going down you're going down baby <laughs> oh that's hilarious yeah. i do i we do need to talk about your tires and your bags and stuff but before we get into the meat and potatoes and the whatever uh talk about that first uh your first touring when you did that ACA oh, the, route the trash bag tour yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah like take us back to kind of like the beginning like yeah. when you first got into the, like this lifestyle so way into mountain bikes as a kid way into mountain bikes in college uh and moved to so then I I uh had never always been intrigued about bike touring uh that was like the the but the, I had never really hadn't really seen many examples of it I suppose I don't know why but I, I, living in Durango it's all mountain bikes and living in Connecticut and there's essentially no bikes and so uh, um, I had extra cycle had just come out and uh, I think this would be 2000 and th- 2002 
and um i uh the local bike shop durango cyclery uh um got me an extra cycle at cost if i agreed to ride it back to connecticut <laughs> uh and so i um and and were you gonna document it or just as a challenge it was just like a challenge yeah i think he, he thought it was a cool idea uh-huh. and i had never i i i I can't even there being no if there were resources out there for bike touring like i said there just weren't in durango definitely Mm. there's plenty of cyclists there but no one i don't know it just wasn't very i think bike touring was at like probably an all-time low in the 2000s yeah you know everybody's Uh, like figuring out the internet and everything's going like real fast like right there yeah yeah so i uh i had my mountain bike um, which was, uh, uh, you know, a, a steel, uh, it was a smorgasbord, which were made in Pennsylvania. Um, oh, that's a, a cool real bike. name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was a pretty cool bike. Uh, they, uh, I, I attached the extra cycle to it and it had, uh, if anyone's not familiar with an, what an extra cycle is, uh, most bikes now it's built into the back, like the Surly big dummy or something. Right. But, uh, this was like an attachment that you put onto the back of your bike and you lengthen the chain by double that's how much longer it makes the rear end and um it you attach the rear wheel all the way to the back so it just ends up extending the rear end of your bicycle by about three feet and you have these big soft bags on the sides and i ended up loading trash bags full of my life (laughs) like fucking like two pairs of jeans and like 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 a 32 ounce bottle of jurgens lotion not for jacking (laughs) off either like that's i moisturize I moisturize. <laughs> so, like, ridiculous stuff. Uh, oh, you yeah, tell that to the yeah, lady when you buy it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this, this isn't is not, for jacking off. It's not what you think it is. I moisturize. Can't you tell? Uh. And so, so I, and then uh, as I was, uh, the Case Logic 50, that was like my compromise too. I wanted to bring 100 CDs, but 50 CDs yeah. in one of those big binders. Yeah, like the leather bound one or, no, or vinyl. All, remember, they were like, uh, they were like made out of canvas. They were kind of those big yeah, the, case logic. Canvas, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and they slide in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, with all like the inserts too, I had uh, to have all those with me. Oh, of course. Yeah, the liner notes so I could sing along to the lyrics <laughs> in my Cookie Monster voice. Uh, and so, uh, um, yeah, that was my. I, I took it. I took. I put these really skinny tires on the on my mountain bike. Uh, they were like uh, wheelchair racing tires or something. They were twenty. It was twenty six inch, but they were twenty six by, you know, maybe um, like one point two or something. It, yeah. was, it was so skinny, like twenty eight mil, like like twenty five millimeters wide, and um, with no flat protection whatsoever. And uh, I brought eight tubes with me. <laughs> But they were all, they were all, they were, no, no, I brought, yeah, I brought eight tubes with me, okay, and for the, in this specific size, because they were so skinny, like the craziest, skinniest, tu- like small tubes yeah. being a 26-inch bike, and I set out. It sounds terrible. It was, yeah, it was so, I was Ill, as ill-prepared as you could possibly be. I didn't, my tent was just a plastic tarp that I got at the hardware store, Wow. and I didn't have a sleeping pad. And I had this shitty sleeping bag. You had your CDs, though. I had my CDs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, set out in, into, it was springtime. Um, so it was, uh, you know, April, I want to say, April, 
I had to get to Connecticut in a month. And mm. so I had, I had told myself I needed to ride a hundred miles every day for a month on this, on that bike. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so I, I can't tell you how un, uh, this was all real to me. Like uh-huh. I was like, of course this is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I made, I, I put in those hundred mile days. I just kept going and going and it was raining. It was, and I was going through hurricane, I'm uh, not hurricane alley, but like a tornado alley there oh, yeah. with the, in Kansas. Yeah. And, across Kansas, like crazy headwinds. I had a a sustained 60 mile an hour tailwind one day. And that particular day I made 200 miles. Like, and I'm telling you, I've never, I haven't experienced anything. That bike was like a sail. Uh Thank God it didn't hit me from the side, but like from the back with all those trash bags and CDs, that thing sailed with that tailwind. <laughs> I have never, I, I remember barely even pedaling that day. That was maybe that, the one good day I had on that entire tour. Dude, that's almost better than going down a mountain. It was like amazing. Down yeah. a mountain, you're expecting it. Yeah, that's yeah. just like a gift. It was a gift, such a gift. With the, it was the opposite direction the next day. And I remember hotels back then were like, and that was, in that part of the country were like 20 bucks. Yeah. And so, it's <laughs> so, it, I mean, that, you, you get what you pay for at a $20 <laughs> hotel, but I remember back then it being great. And I remember being really into the OC. Remember that, that show, uh, the OC? Come on. I, it sounds familiar with, what does it stand for? Uh, Orange County. It was like, it was like the 90210 of like the next generation. I remember hearing about it, but yeah, you, sorry. Well, the OC was on. I would not miss the OC. So <laughs> I got myself a hotel room every Thursday night. But I know what 90210 <laughs> is. Every Thursday night, so you can watch that yeah, at nine yeah. o'clock. Nine o'clock. And I remember those hotel rooms being so amazing. I would hate hotel rooms now. I never like, I'll, I'll sleep. I'd rather sleep on the curb. I'm the same way. But the, yeah. uh, uh, but you know, um, that was my first tour. And I remember I got a flat top. I started, I got my first flat. You can't see the, the rear wheel on an extra cycle. So I couldn't gauge how fast that rear tire was wearing. And I never thought it would wear out, but of course it would have had literally like a hundred pounds on top of that rear wheel. Yeah. And it was a skinny little road tire <laughs> and somewhere in Missouri, it wore right through the tire it was just completely like, I, I got a flat, my first flat. And I remember I like propped up the rear and I like looked at the tire and I was like, holy shit. It's like, there's nothing left. <laughs> and I, like, I, yeah, I got tubes. But yeah. I, I had all be... these tubes, but they kept, I kept on just replacing a tube and I used them. I pretty much, I used probably eight of all eight of those tubes on the way to get to this next town, which was a half hour away, but this tiny little town. And I uh, went door to door in this town asking, if I could buy their kids rear tire because <laughs> oh. it was, just, that's the, that, you know, that is one of the great, uh, advantages of touring on a 26 inch yeah. wheel. Yeah. Yeah. It's universal. They're yeah. everywhere. And so I finally, I scored, I mean, this is like a picture, like a hundred people in this town. Right. And so just the, the houses luckily were clustered together and it was a nice day and I just, and it looked unassuming enough. Uh, and, uh, um, yeah. And, uh, this woman sold, sold me her son's, <laughs> tire off of his walmart bike was it beefier then no it was it was it was beefier yeah it was a it was a mountain bike tire right like a yeah. shitty like ching shen ching shen is that yeah yeah so it was yeah it was it was i was i had a ching shen sponsorship all of a sudden uh, so 20 bucks later i had a ching shen and uh but the problem being that it was uh like a 2.0 or something Way and i had, I had all tubes. these tiny tubes and so i kept flat i just kept the tubes would just be over inflated and it took me until i don't know maybe another 100 miles before i found a walmart to get a tube at yeah yeah so how did oh yeah how did wrap that one up or wrapping that one up i uh i definitely quit 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely failed. <laughs> and uh, at St. Louis, uh, I think I made it to St. Louis and um, took a bus uh, back the rest of the way. Just because you did, couldn't get a tire and a tube to, to no, fit? I, I kept going after that, and but I. You know, when you set yourself up for, I mean, not that I, I really thought that that was possible, I, but when you set yourself up for failure, even if you don't actually realize you are, I, yeah. guess, the, I guess that's the art in living life is never setting yourself up for failure. And <laughs> <laughs> but the only way to do that is to, to, learn, that from is to learn from your experiences. So. so that was my first experience like that. And I'm telling you, I didn't, I, I didn't think I even thought about bike touring again after that experience for another probably five or six years oh wow yeah yeah it just was shitty i, I was like this still sucks. a cyclist you were still, still riding yeah, bikes still riding bikes every yeah. day but yeah fuck fuck touring. That <laughs> well that's a pretty <laughs> shitty first experience <laughs> and i had just broke it up with my girlfriend right before that too so i was like oh. torn my heart was broken and i was just like yeah like, you were in like searching. the ninth circle oh, of hell i was like all everything was going wrong of course i set myself up for it i was totally unprepared and, yeah. but you know you live and learn and uh I get the next, the next time I ended up bike touring, I went back with a, a, a much different perspective. All right. So, uh, you're doing, I want to switch to some of your design work that you've been doing. Uh, what you got Fabio's chest <laughs> and, uh, and your new tire. So you do the mm -hmm. bike bags and you do a tire now. Is there anything else that you're doing that I don't know about? I do handlebars, uh, the crust towel racks. And it was coming three sizes, 61, 64, and 67. Those are just ultra-wide drop bars. Yeah. Um, those sell out probably the quickest out of everything. Those you just can't keep in I know. Everybody's crazy about them. Those are great. I'm, those are the, that's, the, that's the design that I'm most proud of. If, so if, what does it do? Yeah. Like. Uh, it's just a wide. Uh, you know, my if you if anybody's a, a mountain biker out there, or was a mountain biker in the '90s, they'll remember mountain biking on pogo sticks. Those handlebars were so fucking narrow. Oh yeah. Like you look at old pictures of myself mountain biking, <laughs> racing, and my like brake levers are touching. Like it's yeah. so narrow. It's like Jose's bike from this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And so we used to say it was to get through the trees in New England. You can't uh, have yeah. wide bars because your our trails our trees are too yeah, tight. Yeah, good together. thing you're skinny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that's not stopping anyone now, but, um, the, uh, so, you know, uh, over the, so over the span of what, 20 years, we've seen mountain bike bars grow from, you know, like 450 millimeters wide to the, I think the skinniest you can get now is 800. <laughs> they almost doubled in width. Yeah. Right. Because wide bars are awesome. That's what makes a bike. Like that's a, like, I don't care what bike you're riding. If it has shitty handlebars, that's your, like your contact points right. are your, your saddle and handlebars. Those are and feet. like feet, you know, it's still second. Secondary, I say, because you could co you want to you know even when you're coasting, you're uh, comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it's your setup on the bike. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so it's it's uh, it's imperative that that's comfortable, and it's imperative that you're not compromising in any way. And road bike handlebars, drop bars, you know, we, we want to lump that into. Like, there's a reason why drop bars have been the prevailing. Like, those have been universally have won out. You know, in mm performance cycling or whatever you want to call it or road cycling it's because you have three dedicated hand positions you know on the drops the hoods and the flats right 
and they're all usable, right? And you don't just don't have that on a, on a flat mountain bike handlebar. And so um, I prefer riding drop bars because I want all of those hand positions and I cannot stand riding a mountain bike on the road. Like it drains me. It uh-huh. just kills my soul. <laughs> so I, I associate flat bars with mountain bikes. So, uh, so I don't do nearly as much mountain biking as I used to. And that's a whole other story. I just think mountain bike culture and mountain bike style is just among the just at an all-time low. So, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm not even going to say sorry. I'm, I'm standing by that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, so, uh, I, I understand what you're saying, and uh, I, I'm hoping to people out there dressed like RoboCop. Yeah, I to mean, like to like ride a flow trail. Yeah, like well, one so of the, manicured. Like it's it's anyway. Let's not even. Okay, we're gonna, okay, just gonna get okay. bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bad vibes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, um, I uh, uh, so. <laughs> but you love drop bars. I love drop bars <laughs> <laughs> because they make bikes look sweet too. Yeah. Like like drop bars, fat tires. That's fucking cool. It's sexy. It's yeah. very sexy. I mean, when you get that Instagram picture of you, you know, shredding a quarter in some sand, and mm-hmm. you know, like you're, you're in down the drops. in the drops. Oh, it just says speed you know yeah. without even having to go fast you right. just you could be going five miles an hour you're in the drops it's you're going, hot. you're fast you're hot you're sexy yeah so uh and you're comfortable more importantly um <laughs> comfort I, is yeah, key though yeah, like comfort yeah. is key to being happy on your bike and mm-hmm. going long distances right, right but the big the big uh issue is people have not you know the drop bars are made for road racing everything in the cycling industry has been focused around especially in since the lance era has been focused around road racing it doesn't matter what your body type is what you like to do on a bike you're going to get sold a fucking road bike you know (laughs) and it's going to be too small for you and you're going to be reaching down you know if if, you know heaven forbid they give you uh you know a uh, hundred millimeters of stack washers, but, but <laughs> you know, that's your best case scenario. Anyway. Uh, so in these tiny little road handlebars, you know, you get a bike fit, somebody like me, I have relatively narrow shoulders for my size and I would be fit on a 38 millimeter wide drop bar. And I don't know if anyone out there in recent memory has ridden a 20, a 38 millimeter wide drop bar, but that you forget scary. about comfort. It's, it's scary. Yeah. Like it, forget about it. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's all they, it's all, you know, you're not going to ride a, uh, it would be illegal in road racing and quite dangerous to ride a drop bar that was, you know, 67 millimeters wide, right? You take out the whole Peloton in a sprint. <laughs> so of course that innovation has never crossed over into road bike racing, you know? And yet, yeah. And it's like and, those rims you see with the things that stick yeah, out totally. the side, like, uh, 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 the racer, go speed racer, go, go. speed racer. Yeah. yeah. Just go speed racer <laughs> with the 67 millimeter wide handlebars. Just take out everyone. Yeah. That'd be very effective. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would quickly be outlawed. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, because the, industry has been so focused on road performance for so long of course that innovation would never come along in that era but now that we have self-promotion it's a whole new era where we don't need the cycling industry to act in the way that it used to Preach. Uh, so we're able to do actual useful things whatever like the fuck we want whatever we want and have stuff developed by riders for riders not somebody who works for a corporation yeah. who doesn't who's totally sick of bikes because they've been in the bike industry too long and they just don't fucking care yeah, you know it, not that everyone's like that like no, there's plenty of people in the bike industry that have love options. riding but you know i'd rather I, if i'm gonna do i want to buy something that's like come 
you know, three to five steps down from the engineer who, you know, implored the first design? Or do I want to be, or I don't want to buy it from the designer, like mm-hmm. the actual person who's using it, who I see photos of using it, who I've met and gone on rides with who's using it, yeah. and who continues to use it because, and, and improve it because that's, you know, what they're, what they're yeah. about. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that uh, Matt from Crust who came up, I do a, a frame through Crust Bikes too, but when I originally met him, we had, I said, I want to make a handlebar. And yeah. he's like, okay, let's do it. I was going to ask you, so you want to design a handlebar now like how do you right how do you make that happen <laughs> i'm telling you it's it was uh that's been it was only the re- most re- it's the most rewarding product i have because that's what i'm the most proud of and what i use every day no matter what is mm-hmm. that handlebar and like i want it on all of my bikes yeah, you yeah. know and and i've never been happy with a handlebar damn, before you're selling me right now <laughs> yeah and it, it's very you know it, it's nice that other people like it also because the handlebars can yeah. be something well, that's very concept. yeah I mean, it's proof like, of concept yeah. right yeah uh, you know other a handlebar is very uh you know it varies between what people their riding style and what they how they feel comfortable on a bike but so yeah matt had had come up and uh and said uh um i you know it was probably four or five years ago, and we were like, we want to do a bike. I want to run this this company. I want to run Crust Bikes like a BMX brand where I have riders, and they have bikes that they design, and they ride them. Oh, And cool. I'm like, that is cool, right? Yeah. And he's got he's full of cool ideas like you should try, try and get him on the podcast too yeah, he's, I definitely he's, a will. Good, he's a good interview okay uh, <laughs> i'll have you make a connection because <laughs> yeah, i'd yeah, like to yeah um he so he, yeah you know he comes up and you know we come up with these ideas and we're writing stuff down and he's got like a, a guy that does like cad drawings and we're just passing stuff back and forth and what my original design was is a, essentially exactly what the towel rack is now albeit a bit shallower mm-hmm. And what we got back was essentially just a, just a 66.6 millimeter wide, like, drop bar. Like, it was, there was no, it was just a standard handlebar uh, that they had just made, like, wicked uh, wide. Uh, <laughs> and I, and Matt, and Matt is like, well, it came in, and it, I remember it weighed, like, it weighed as much as this chair. And, and so I, Matt was like, it came in, and he was in New Jersey, and I was in Connecticut, and he would take the train up to see me and he's like, I can't even fit it on the train. I'm not even going to bring it. I'm like, no, bring it, bring it, bring it. I want to try it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so he, uh, he brings it up and we put it on my bike, uh, and he's just laughing and laughing the whole time. And I'm like, let's give it a chance. Let's give it a chance. Really? So I'm wrapping the handlebars. He has a, we have the photos of the, we're just wrapping the handlebars in my, in my mom's driveway, yeah. you know? And, and, uh, we, we go out for a ride and I get on the bike and I'm like, Oh yeah. Really? <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, you're long length. Yeah. Arms I'm and like, this is, is like... it. And I was like, just like, Ooh, yeah. My, like my back was like all, everything was just, uh, everything just felt right. You know? And, yeah. and, uh, and he just, of course he did not believe me. And, uh, uh so we, yeah, we went on this ride and I kept the bars for, I kept calling him every week. I'm like, these, these things are sweet, man. Let's just get these out. Like whatever. Like, let's not even wait. I was like, people are going to love this. They're going to love, yeah, love it. And, uh, and he's like, and he's like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever. And, and, and so he, he started swooped out at all. No, like it was the- no. You you go over and of course everybody's ridden like a uh, and it's felt like the tops of their wrists get would, would hit on the top of the handlebar and yeah. everything if you were going off a jump or something. But I'd say like yeah, you know it's even good for just straight you know gravel or road riding or whatever. Hmm. You don't have to get rowdy with them. Uh, so 
um, yeah, he, he we gradually got the got it moving. Like, all right, we'll just make these, and we would like keep re revamping the like telling them, can you do this now? Can you do this now? And these companies kept telling us, there's no way you can make you can't do this. Like, hmm. we can't do this. And I was like, you make wide mountain bike handlebars. Why can't you make these? And uh, for whatever reason, it just you know, Nito wouldn't do them. Um, uh, I tried with, uh, uh, a, a two different Taiwanese companies and we finally, uh, maybe, so there then came out another iteration. They still weren't right, but they were better, mm-hmm. you know, and I still felt that these handlebars were better than anything else out on the market. Right, right. So we just kept putting them out there just to pay off the molds because it's quite expensive <laughs> right. to keep doing all this. <laughs> and luckily they would sell out all, every iteration sold out immediately. That's cool. And then my, my, my bags fit in them perfectly also. Right. So it's kind of like a system that you're buying into with my right. bags and okay. handlebars. And so, um, uh, so I guess suppose we'd start selling more bags and then people would want more of the handlebars. And so about two years ago, we, we finally got exactly, I'd say almost exactly. I still want them a little bit shallower, mm. exactly what we, what I had wanted. And Matt got them made by a really good factory in Taiwan out of 7,000 series aluminum. He treated their wicked light yeah. and, uh, they're still 26.0 clamp size, which I believe in wholeheartedly, uh, just like I believe in the one-inch head tube. Uh, uh, so um, you I wish know. we had a lot of time to go into like every yeah, single one of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're at this event right now, and uh, we're on a yeah know, tight schedule, tight schedule, business meetings and yeah, such. Yeah. Okay, move it along. Well, let, I, let's talk about your tire because you did just release the ultra. Di- well, you say it because I can't. Ultra no, Dynamica. Ul- <laughs> Ultra <laughs> Dynamica. Din- That's yeah. right. It's, yeah, it's it's uh, Latin. Yeah, Ultra Dynamico. <laughs> it's Latin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it, it's a great name. It's the dynamic choice. It is, <laughs> no doubt about it. We so, are farm to rim. Okay. Uh, that's all heirloom rubber. Uh, we have race compounds. Uh, the current tread design that we have available is the Rosé Race and the Rosé Brevet. I call the Rosé Brevet Civilian. Okay. Okay. The race compound's a little stickier. Um, it's a great fast rolling tire, 650B by 47.99. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's got some more aggressive cornering abilities uh, than most gravel tires on the market, but it's a fast rolling center um, uh, we say aeronautically engineered center Delta pattern for <laughs> optimal braking during gravel reentry. Ooh, that's hot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, which tire are you riding on this, uh, this trip here? Well, I've got, uh, I believe in a knobby tire in the front and a slick in the rear. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, so what we have designed is a, uh, a knobby slick combo a la what they did in the nineties where you have a front and rear specific, but you can also run them independently. Okay. With, um, we have a, a rosé race in the front. It was what we had, our first tire, what we have available in the rear is a Spanish Cava Ooh, race compound. Sounds very nice. That's yeah, very nice. It's almost <laughs> like a menu. You're, you, if, if someone comes into your bike shop to buy a tire, you like walk out and like that's a waiter's a outfit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. That's what you deserve. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. An experience. It's a whole experience yeah. of buying. Uh-huh. I, how it seems like, I mean, just from social media and stuff, the people have been really responsive to that tire and it's yeah well. yeah it's a and you never it's the first tire first tires we've ever designed yeah. and it's it, you know it's 
you don't know if it's going to work really until you use it. And wow, was I thrilled that it worked. How many miles? <laughs> <laughs> that would have sucked. <laughs> it would have been an expensive mistake. These molds are $13,000. Wow. If anyone wants to start a tire company, yeah, don't even Just bother. so you know. Yeah, don't we even, already did yeah, it. Yeah, we already did it. <laughs> We've done this. Please do not be our competitor. <laughs> we need this money. <laughs> I really like your marketing strategy. This is the best marketing strategy I've ever seen. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but how many how many miles do you have on these like the this first run? Oh, I don't really. It'd be hard to tell. Ish. I'm not even. I'm not good with num. That's why I'm a, a practical engineer because I am not good with numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I I I've been riding on these. I ride every day. I, um, you know, at least twenty to thirty miles every day, essentially. And I'd say I've I've been riding these for since since February. Yeah. yeah. See, I mean, you've had lots of time. To yeah, lots of time, and and be comfortable I, with them you know, and feel and good like, about I, selling them. And right, all that. and I love to do a lot of independent product testing just to kind of do my own kind of couch science on things, and and uh, um, I I I you I have a passion for tires always have so is patrick my business partner so is me you're not business uh, business partner there you go well you know, tires are the funnest easiest way to change your bike oh they're amazing yeah, yeah. i have i have way too many tires in my same you know yeah. you can't well can you have i'm i've if some people have photographed the crawl space underneath my mom's house and uh there's a, a tire pile in there that that some people say ingest maybe not ingest that someday i'm just going to disappear under it and be like where did he go <laughs> and just buried under a pile of tires it and what a way, what a pl- what a way to go you know Beautiful. i can't imagine it any any different but yeah. yeah so just being into tires right yeah it changes the changes everything about right. the bike like you build a bike around the tires um second to the handlebars and so uh um you know it's it was an aesthetic that we wanted to go for then i'm borrowing from the heyday of mountain bikes which is what inspires me so much uh in the mid 90s Mm. and we have this gray sticky compound uh which is reminiscent of the specialized ground control umagama if anyone is remembers that one that was one of my favorite tires it was our tire isn't this sticky but that one was like you could pull the rubber off of it like it was it would climb up anything you know like take that you know it it was just a really cool gray compound with the a nice classy you know tan wall and it was a light tire which i believe almost all tires should be i like to ride my bike like a ballerina so it's uh i i don't (laughs) dance to dance you know i'm not i don't try to uh, ride aggressively but i don't like to slam into things i've and i've always been a, a fan of of compass now uh Ren, Rene Urs, however you want to say it uh, tires it's we'll a very yeah uh and um jan uh, who also um runs bicycle quarterly which is a, a print magazine for randonnée and uh french inspired bicycles um has had a tire company and he's kind of made it okay for us to do this in a lot of ways, paved the way and mm-hmm. gotten people used to really light tires and high performance, high volume 650B tires. And so he's in a lot of ways paved the way for us. And so I guess it's our goal to kind of add to what he's done, not necessarily try to be a competitor, but be a little bit more off-road specific mm-hmm. and a little bit more um, like our next tire will likely be a mountain bike tire. Okay. But it, they're always going to be light is what I'm saying. Yeah. They're, they're not going to be necessarily something you'd want to go bike touring on or something or, you know, something where you really have to rely on the sidewalls not slicing open. I gotcha. Like these are a tire for the connoisseur. Well, I mean, 
you say that, but the terrain around here is really gnarly. And uh, I was actually behind you on a segment, and you were, yeah, you were just dancing through all yeah, the roots. Just got to dance. Yeah, yeah just you got to learn how to dance for dancers. Your bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna have one last question, then uh, we got to get to our next thing. Uh, do you shower? <laughs> no, I don't. That's a quick answer. I uh, a few times a year I will shower. I do jump in bodies of water, but I don't like getting wet. I'm a lion. Mm. Okay, I'm a lion of Leo. Understood. And my hair is very delicate. Yes. And you generally, when I get it wet, it gets matted in the wrong direction, and I have to comb it in a certain way. And at our age, when the hair comes out, it doesn't come back, and I need to hang on to all. That's my livelihood. <laughs> it is. You know, and so, yeah, I don't, I just don't like getting wet. So I like the desert. I like dry climates. Uh-huh. I do not like getting rained on. And uh, What do you do in lieu of taking showers? I, just, I heard there was some oil. There's oils, plenty of essential oils. I smell like the bulk aisle of a health food store, <laughs> I've been told. Um, yeah, you and, do not smell bad. Well, thank you. I, <laughs> this is probably the worst that we get because we're in a very humid and we've been sweating and I yeah, just yeah. drove, across, came across country and ass sweat. I didn't want people to think that yeah. Ronnie walks around no. and like... But, you know, a lot of it's a clean diet, you know. Um, oh, yeah. I, you know, keep my diet clean. And I, uh, um, if there's a, a fire, I will put some, um, you know, uh, pine branches on or sage or something and get it smoking and just kind of drape myself over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dry that, showers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, dude. Uh, thanks for taking the time, man. It was yeah, really no, fun getting fun. to know you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. All right. What do you think? Pretty much uh, what you thought, huh? <laughs> oh, man. It was so interesting to be at the summit. And like I said, everybody was like scurrying about and uh, curious about him wanting to chat with him, want to get a picture with him, whatever it may be. I've never seen anything like it. I didn't know what to expect, uh, but the way everybody was acting before he got there, yeah, I thought there was going to be like a fanboy line uh, just waiting to, to get a chance to talk to him. But um, the first night he showed up, we were all uh, hanging out at one of the socials there. And he, he and Nam were sitting down at a table with Pepper Cook. And I was like, hey, there's an open chair. I think I'll just sit down. And I uh, wound up just chatting with him for a little bit. And I remember when I was talking to him, like, huh, he's kind of he's kind of like a normal guy. Kind of not normal, but also kind of normal, you know, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh, and then, like, the next day, he and I just happened to be riding next to each other. Uh, and so we just started talking. I was talking to him about bikes, of course. Um, and, uh, I found him to be very charismatic, very charming, uh, just a really nice guy. Like I, I really enjoyed talking to him. He was, he was quite nice, very polite. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I I wasn't expecting anything. I guess that's the thing is I didn't go into it with any expectations because I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I follow him on Instagram. I know him from that, and I'm sure everyone listening already does follow him on Instagram uh, as well, so you kind of have an idea of what I'm talking about. But uh, now I get his Instagram. Like After meeting him, I really 
I get it. That's just him. He he is a really dynamic personality. He's a lot of fun. And he lives a really unique lifestyle that's unique to probably most of us. Um, and I think a lot of us probably admire it and probably romanticize it a little bit. Um, and he certainly doesn't shy away from romancing uh, the idea of riding a bicycle. So yeah, he's a great uh, advocate for the sport, a great example of uh, just being all in bikes or death, baby. I mean, he's, he's living it. I love it. Um, so thanks, Ronnie, Benedict, Poppy, ultra romance, all of you. Thank you for coming on the show It's quite fun. And as a gift to you, I noticed that your Instagram followers are at 99.5 thousand, which is just, it's like so close to a hundred thousand. Um, so if you're listening, please, if you are on Instagram, do me a favor and head over and give Ultra Romance a follow. This poor guy is sitting at 99.5 thousand. He's so close to 100. And if we could just get him all the way there, I think that would be a nice way to say, hey, thanks for taking 45 minutes out of your day to talk to Patrick and share just some funny stories and some stuff that you got going on for all you lovely people out there. And uh, I think that would make him feel good. Also, head over to his website, ronsbikes.com. I just saw on Instagram today that he got in a new shipment of his Fabs chest, uh, looking sexy, and you know you want one. Uh, so anyway, head head over there and, and support this guy, man. Uh, he is bought in 100%. He's putting in his own money uh, or somebody's money. I don't know where he's getting his money, but... <laughs> One thing that he said that I really liked was how he was talking about how he can, he has the ability to make a product and advertise it and market it and produce it and sell it directly to you. And that's something that I'm doing. So that really resonated. I mean, there is no middleman here. There's no one telling him or I how to make your product and how to advertise it and how to sell it and all that stuff. Um, and that's something that I really am supportive of is uh, just individuals who are busting their butts to make a cool product, make a good product. Um, in the same vein of shopping local and giving back and all that, you know, think about where you buy your stuff from and think about supporting people in the bike industry who are living authentically, who are spending their own money to create products and to make them available for you. I like the idea of seeing that go back to somebody like him, especially after talking to him. He, and he sold me on those uh, towel rack bars. God, I want some of those. I was on his website last night uh, checking them out. And unfortunately, they're all sold out. Like he said, uh, those sell out quick. So I guess I just have to stock his website like everybody else. Um, but anyway, go uh, go check out what he's got going on if you're not already. Uh, he's a great, great guy. And uh I think, I think he deserves uh, some support. Like I said uh, earlier in the podcast, this is going to be my last one for this year. I appreciate everybody who has followed along and uh, just just been there. Otherwise, I'm just kind of talking to myself. But uh, up and above that, uh, I've been overwhelmed by all the support that I've received, whether it's through messages, emails, uh, just supporting on Patreon, 
donations on PayPal, buying merch. Um, all of it is very meaningful. I appreciate it. Uh, it is the reason why I keep trying to pump these out. You know, I, I have a real job, so this is very much a passion pro pod project and something that I do do on the side whenever I have free time. And, uh, the, the fact that everybody is enjoying it so much definitely makes it more worthwhile. So, uh, thank you. Thank you for an amazing year. I'm looking forward to another one in 2020. I got some big things lined up. Uh, I hope to be announcing some, yeah, I got, I got, I got big plans. 2020 is going to be a big year. I hope for bikes or death. So uh, I'll be rolling that out along with more episodes coming in January. Until then, if you want to continue to support the show, please do so. Head over to bikesordeath.com. Pick your way. It doesn't matter. You can sign up on Patreon. You can do a one-time donation on PayPal, buy some sweet merchandise, or donate to that sweet, sweet van and help me build that into a mobile podcasting studio so I can make 2020 a banger year. All right, everybody. That's it for this year, but you know what to do. Go ride your damn bike. <laughs>